0: Hello, my name is J.J. Holly, and I'm President and CEO of the Woodlands Area Chamber of Commerce and welcome to another episode of Between the Trees. We want to thank our sponsor and our technical support from Woodlands Online for helping us out with the program every week and today it is my distinct pleasure to welcome our state senator from Senate District 4, Mr. Brandon Creighton.
1: Yeah, J.J., thanks. Appreciate you having me and uh, it's good to be here. I always look forward to Visiting about the latest and greatest from the legislature, and also what we're doing when we're not in session. So yeah, there is yeah. just always something going on. We could have this session or this meeting. I think almost every week, and be something new. We could, we could. Yeah. Uh, the 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 landscape continues to change on the policy front as mm-hmm. uh, we you know address the issues that uh, are important to Texans, and certainly it's my job to be the voice of those in uh, Senate District Four. So. It's good to talk about it and always mm-hmm. keep it out there. The, the the traditional media doesn't as an understatement doesn't cover a lot of, of what we're doing. So it's important for us to visit and talk and keep the word out. Yeah. So it's nice uh, to every, talk
0: to you directly and find out what's really Yeah. Doing.
1: It goes straight to uh to the source. Yeah. So it's good well, to be here.
0: How long have you been our state senator and, and you were in the state house before that, so
1: Yes. So I was I served in the State House uh for one of the Montgomery County seats uh for eight years mm-hmm. from uh, 07 until uh, you know 15, and then I've been in the Senate since uh, January of 2015. Wow! Yeah. And
0: last year was a bit of a marathon session. Uh, usually get out in uh, in June, mm-hmm. and this one stretched all the way to October. So, what were some of
1: the big issues that were happening in the legislature last year? It was a marathon. It you yeah. know as as you know when we're there for the five month regular session every mm-hmm. other year it is uh you know it's addressing issues for the ninth largest economy in the world which is Texas i mean our mm-hmm. our gross domestic product exceeds russia brazil and south korea now and uh and so the tools in the bucket for um you, you know the landscape to work correctly so the private sector can go, go do everything they need to do we're there to pass a budget to make sure our electric grid is strong mm-hmm. to Uh, make sure that our investment in transportation and water and building forward, uh, along with public schools and and all the university uh, Mm -hmm. decisions that are made, which is basically our workforce Mm -hmm. uh, efforts for the future, uh, all of those things take place in the legislative session. We have jurisdiction over the federal government on life issues, on Second Amendment gun issues, Mm -hmm. on election issues, on redrawing the maps, even for Congress, Uh, and now we're uh, a little bit over our skis but taking care of the promises we've made to Texans on our oath of office, which is to keep people safe, Mm -hmm. so we are working to secure our border because the feds have not done so.
0: Yeah. So
1: just a few things going on. That's it. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah.
0: And I think that is uh, uh, how the Texas legislature works and is organized is an important point to, to stress because a lot of states have full-time uh, legislators. And you are meant to be a part-time legislator and, and a part-time legislature and only meet once every two years.
1: That's right, that's right. I mean, some feel that uh, government is more effective when they are always in session and the doors are always open. Some others feel that that's dangerous, you know, and so our founders for Texas felt, uh, and I use dangerous, you know, uh, lightly. I just mean that uh, when politicians are there working uh, beyond the priorities that are the highest priorities of the day, Mm -hmm. there's always... Countless other ideas that are thrown out on the table to impress people, but mm-hmm. they're they're not always vetted in ways where citizen legislators understand the consequences. Mm-hmm. So when we come into session, we're addressing COVID, we're addressing property taxes, we're addressing the electric grid, mm-hmm. uh, we're we're working on the budget. I mean, these are the issues that rise to the very
0: top. And the only bill you have to pass is the budget. Is the budget That's and. Right. It has to be balanced.
1: That's right. It's got to be we balanced. We can't print our own money. And that's, that's a novel idea, right? I mean, we have a $250 billion budget, and we have to balance that budget. No more than uh, 1% of our uh, expected uh, revenue can be appropriated for um, the purposes of, of welfare. Mm-hmm. So we are constantly working on... Uh, you know, how we can offer Texans a hand up w- rather than a hand out, you know, we're trying to figure out how to get people back to work. Mm-hmm. We came into session with 4 million unemployed and, um, you know, the, the lockdowns and the shutdowns were devastating to the economy, devastating to people's safety. Because when you're not working, you're not uh, feeding your family. Mm-hmm. and uh, you know, there's a lot of issues, you're not buying medicine, you're, you're, there's things that affect your health mm-hmm. when lockdowns shut down businesses and people are laid off, so. And speaking of economic development, with uh, COVID,
0: uh, one of the things that we've seen is how quickly Texas was able to recover from COVID and, and especially relative to other states.
1: Yes. No, that, that's exactly right. I mean, we, I think Texas and Florida have stood out uh, mm-hmm. fr- from states across the country in ways that we've, you know, minimized the lockdowns and shutdowns the best way that we that, mm-hmm. that we possibly could. And a lot of that's uh, up to the executive branch in Texas, which would be the governor's office. Mm-hmm. And so you've seen Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis in in, in, in distinctive ways making uh, decisions to try to, um, to to bring common sense and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and and sort of strike a balance on the intersection between keeping business strong mm-hmm. and people working and the economy thriving and also keeping people safe mm-hmm. and that's a very delicate balance but I think uh you know uh, U-Haul published findings recently right. that showed that Texas was the number one state for a one-way rental you mm-hmm. uh, know and, and not not all of those folks were coming from California they're coming from all over the country.
0: That's right. Florida
1: was second. And I believe when you started
0: the legislative session in January we were projected to have a deficit but as time went on and as the economy recovered we, uh, we had a surplus in the budget.
1: Yes, uh, so the comptroller, when we were going into session in January of 21, uh, the comptroller w- uh, provided estimates on our revenue and it was bleak. It was looking really rough, as you mm-hmm. mentioned. It was a couple of billion dollars upside down on the amount of revenue that we rely on to, to balance our budget. And again, that's 250 billion. So mm-hmm. if we're short, then public education will be short. If if we are short to balance the budget, then our health care uh, requirements will uh, be cut short because those are the, those are the two largest budget mm-hmm. drivers. And uh, when you balance your budget and you're not printing more money, then it's fascinating, but you have to find ways to cut, right? Because that, that my priorities. That's all. Uh, that's all you can do is lean up. Uh, find efficiencies, and then look at the the biggest budget drivers and uh, figure a out a way. Similar to a uh, personal budget, right there at home with your checkbook. That's, <laughs> that's right. right. And and again, that's how again the founders uh, intended yeah. it to be. Is mm-hmm. we're in session less than more, and and we are operating in ways that that families and businesses have to to mm-hmm. uh, to, to do as well. And. Um, it's a shame that the federal government isn't still on that same, uh, within that same culture for budget. They mm-hmm. haven't had a, a budget that's been presented, passed, and balanced since 2001. Yeah. And, um, y- you know, in Texas, we just believe different. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of the way we are. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: So some of the big issues that y'all covered, uh, we just had intergy on uh, in in the last episode of Between the Trees. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things that uh, the legislature did to help secure that electric grid and do the unimaginable thing of, of make our, our, our systems work in zero degree weather in Texas?
1: Yeah you know it's a it's a great question the grid and COVID were sort of dominating uh, the the the, uh, the agenda as it was established coming into session of course we had 6,000 other bills filed that, that we had to consider and mm-hmm. a lot of different priorities so there were there were many at the top but the grid Uh, You know, in February, uh, a month, in Valentine's Day, a month and a half after session started, we had what many call a 111-year polar vortex where, uh, you know, our winter exceeded what Canada experiences, what the state of Minnesota experiences. It was just uh, an incredible and unusual uh, sequence of events. So our electric grid uh, is managed uh, by an entity called ERCOT and that is just um uh, uh the referee within the playing field that is the Texas electric grid and so we fired all the head coaches yeah um and, and we implemented uh some winterization mandates to mm-hmm. where you know we don't build our electric plants uh in, like the north does we don't build them in brick buildings with gas lines feeding those plants underground. Our problem is keeping uh, it cool. That's it. We build them wide, right out in the open. We, yeah. we, uh, we, we have the gas lines coming into the plants above ground. Mm-hmm. Everything is designed to keep them cool. And the plants, even with that being the case, uh, the design standards, for instance, on the energy plants here locally are at uh, eight degrees for the coldest before the sensors will trip. Wow. And this polar vortex uh, changed those design standards. And what we did in the legislative session now, they're designed for zero degrees. Mm-hmm. That is just uh, unheard of to need to do that in mm-hmm. um, the yeah, Houston, in southeast in, Texas. A, in the Houston region. Correct? Yeah, that's crazy. In, in southeast Texas, it's mm-hmm. just uh, it's just not what uh, yeah. we, we've ever experienced before to need to do it. So the winterization mandates, uh, w- we we made sure that. Um, The Public Utility Commission, the new leadership on that board um, that makes decisions on uh, electricity and all things regulated in the state for power, and then uh, everyone within ERCOT and on that board, they have to live in Texas before they were spread out all over the country. And uh, now we're touring all of the plants in Southeast Texas to make sure the implementation of, of all of those policies are... Are, are running on time and efficiently and, and being adopted. Because so, that's yeah. what really exacerbated the the, the, the URI, the storm, yeah.
0: was when people lost power for days and days. Yes. And, and that's what, you know, you couldn't get any heat, you couldn't keep your pipes from busting, all sorts of. Yes. Bad things happen. So keeping the power on is just crucial for us.
1: Keeping the power mm-hmm. on is crucial, and keeping bills low and reasonable is critical. So mm-hmm. the, the reason why uh, we have the policies that we have in Austin uh, in many respects related to the grid is how do we keep things cheap? And affordable. Well, Texas isn't an attractive place to invest billions of dollars in thermal generation, mm-hmm. when our attitude is we need to keep things cheap, and we have a hundred days straight in the summer of hundred degree or greater weather. Yeah. Investors that that uh, are in that business are just like we'll go somewhere else, mm-hmm. and major insurance carriers. Uh, almost 20 years ago pulled out of Texas on insuring homes and people thought that'll never happen, but it did. Yeah. So we've got to strike a balance between what it means to in, in foster mm-hmm. and encourage investment and at the same time make sure it performs. And mm-hmm. I think we're there. I, I think much more than the grid failing, we had bad management decisions during a crisis. Yeah. That's a very different uh, issue. Well, when people are remote, yeah,
0: Many states away,
1: that makes it difficult to well, be in touch with what's going on here. Yes, we had uh, ERCOT board members in Michigan and in Switzerland. And so when you're not living in Texas, when you're not here every day, when you're mm-hmm. not focused on the success of this mm-hmm. state, um, you might be distracted. Let's just, just put it to say the least. Yeah. 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 So uh some
0: other issues that came up, uh, redistricting was a big issue.
1: Yes, yes, redistricting we redrew the political maps for the next 10 years as required by federal law and uh, that always follows the national census count. And so when the population of Texas is is counted, uh where those numbers are certified and we go mm-hmm. in and redraw the maps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: so we've got uh, some new congressional districts, uh, state senate was uh, impacted and uh, the state house was impacted.
1: Yes, that's right. No, there were several changes. I mean, the net net of it is is that Texas is growing and all of the house seats in Texas and all of the state senate seats, they have to average plus or minus about the same population. And mm-hmm. uh, my seat, for instance, that I hold, it's, it's, it's your seat, it's just I'm the, the guy on the door <laughs> right now. Um, and that I was about 80,000 heavy in population, mm-hmm. and then Senator Robert Nichols, uh, he, his district changed to where he moved out of Montgomery County and over to what I had in Beaumont. Mm-hmm. Well, that pushed me up over 100,000 in population, and what happens then is I have to shed territory. Mm-hmm. And so I lost Magnolia and a few precincts in the back of the woodlands, And then uh, the Beaumont area uh, to make my map legal. Mm.
0: Well, and uh, we hate losing anybody in Montgomery County, but uh, it seems like we are fortunate with there's there's thirty Texas state senators, and now Montgomery County is at least partially represented by three of them.
1: Yes, that's right. We have Senator Colcourse coming into the Magnolia area. Senator Colcourse is out of uh, the uh, Brenham and her district stretches all the way to Corpus Christi. She has a very, mm-hmm. uh, uh, again, they all have to average the same population, but mm-hmm. they're, they're, the, the, the puzzle pieces to achieve that are all different shapes mm-hmm. and sizes. So her, she has many, many counties. Senator Betancourt out of the mm-hmm. North Houston area uh, picked up a few precincts in the very back of the Woodlands. They're very good members, we work together closely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Montgomery County's clout in the session and in Austin, will will elevate even more, uh, and of course our state representatives uh Metcalf bell and Toth, uh, they had some slight adjustments to mm-hmm. their maps as well and Crenshaw came in from the congressional level to mm-hmm. now represent the woodlands uh in c d eight it 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 uh, had, it changed mm-hmm. accordingly
0: yeah, Congressman Brady's district now has pushed more the woodlands uh, north of the woodlands and 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 going north yes yeah yep. that's right that's right and, uh, and we know you fought to keep
1: all of montgomery county it was just a numbers game and just you couldn't you, fit them all in you, you know i always feel after the sessions i feel very accomplished and uh, i'm proud of that our office is one of the best mm-hmm. in the capital. Uh, our bill passage rate is uh, either first or second every session but mm-hmm. in this redistricting session uh, you know i I came out on the short end, and I was very upset about it. I mean, mm-hmm. just straight talk. Yeah. But uh, the, the 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 short of it is is there are many um, office holders that want what we have here. They're very proud of the of the people, the mindset, the culture, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, even my allies. You know, I was surrounded. They wanted a part of Montgomery <laughs> County, so. Uh, that those are just that's just the way it goes, and when yeah. it comes down to a vote count, and you're on the losing end of the vote count, it happens. Uh, those are the numbers. Yeah. Well, but we, uh, you know, we always
0: pride ourselves on working with everybody. Yeah, and yeah. and that's something uh, Senator Cole, of course, has already visited uh,
1: the area and yeah. getting to know us and. Uh, we're getting to know her, and it's going to be a good relationship. I think she's great. Uh, Senator Betancourt is, is great. Many know him from uh, from his Three Amigos radio show on uh, AM radio mm-hmm. in Houston, and and uh, you know had the he was tax assessor collector in Harris County for a long time. And yeah. both of them will be exceptional um, uh, senators for uh, being part of the Montgomery County delegation, and they'll show quick results. Yeah. yeah.
0: So switching to another topic, uh, higher education, mm-hmm. which I believe is a committee that, that you serve on in yes. in the in the Senate. I chair that committee. That's yes. right. That's mm-hmm. that's a big deal for us yes. because of things like that are happening at Sam Houston State with uh, the, the
1: the medical school. Yes, yes, the College of Osteopathic Medicine at Sam Houston State. It's uh, that building is complete, and um, I think they're in their uh, maybe second or third uh, class mm-hmm. that is. Come through that program and uh, that entire program is designed to get uh, more and more physicians uh, trained and prepared and placed in rural Texas to make sure that the huge need that yes that we turn the trend around that we've been seeing which is we've been losing physicians and uh, quality of care in rural Texas for years and and we have to to act on that so Sam Houston has a, a wonderful program that's in the grand central community uh right placed right on i forty five there in Conroe and mm-hmm. they have uh, plans to expand already so it's mm-hmm. it's their their first two classes the way they have performed and their um, uh, their- their test scores and their graduation rate just everything has been exceptional it it is
0: amazing yeah. to see that and yeah. That's something that's really important to a Chamber of Commerce and economic development mm-hmm. is that we have the workers that we need. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw in Gil Staley's uh, economic development report at the at the Economic Outlook Conference last year that the medical community has taken over the the top employer spot over oil and gas in the Woodlands, South Montgomery County
1: area, Shenandoah, Oak Ridge, all that, that, that medical is the top employer yeah isn't that incredible it is so you know we're seeing uh, variations in those trends yeah. in the employment sectors and some of it uh it has ebbs and flows based on uh, the things mm-hmm. that we've gone through the with the global pandemic mm-hmm. and we're winning that battle now i mean obviously Omicron is much less uh, mm-hmm. um, devastating than than COVID 19 was and uh very few fatalities and on and on so we're getting back to normal and yeah, Even the Biden administration over the last eight days has said, you know, COVID's a part of life. Shutdowns and lockdowns, uh, they're bad for business and they're bad for mental health. Yeah. Uh, cloth masks don't really work as well as we thought. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of narratives that are changing as mm-hmm. we encourage people to to be less fearful and to get back to their daily patterns. And yeah. that's all synergy that makes this economy tick. Mm-hmm. It's good for jobs. It's good for families. It's good for kids. It's good for being healthy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We just can't stay home and, and insulate ourselves all yeah. the time. No. Be responsible. You know, let's not take overly uh, overt risks that are unnecessary. Right. But you know, net net is that you've got to uh, the economy's got to keep going.
1: Oh, we'll we'll have the cleanest hands we've had in decades uh, that's going right. forward. That's right. I mean, we have uh, hygiene down, and we have mm-hmm. the safety standards uh, improved. Public places have never been cleaner. Never been, and I think that's a, a I think that's yeah. a mindset and and a culture that we'll adopt from here forward, okay. and and it it'll be it, it that's a that's a positive. It's always a good thing, yeah. but but back to your comments on the workforce. Uh, mm-hmm. The, the the Higher Education Committee in the Senate that I chair is really our workforce committee. I mean, it is establishing mm-hmm. standards for universities, curriculum, uh, growth, e- expansion, uh, policies uh, for not just four-year universities, but... Community colleges, which Lone Star College sets the standard for the state and really for yeah. for the country. and my, we couldn't opinion. be more fortunate than to, yeah. to have a, an organization like that that's local to us. Yeah, yeah. Chancellor Steve Head has just mm-hmm. uh, been been amazing, and their entire team. So uh, we had four million Texans unemployed, and now you know we've got that down to a fraction, mm-hmm. and and building forward. So. Unemployment's low right now. Yes, yeah. I, I, think, I, I think saw the, yesterday 5-ish percent Yeah, or the less. Houston region is right around 5. It's below yeah. the national average. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're on the right track on that end because we have the mi- right mindset. I mean, mm-hmm. those things aren't just mysteriously happening compared to the rest of the country. It's because of our, our policies in Austin and striking that balance mm-hmm. and making sure that we're pro-business, pro-family, you know, uh, pro-growth um, and it, well, and that's it, why we get things like Samsung and
0: Tesla and Google and Hewlett Packard that uh, that want to be here.
1: Exactly. Toyota uh, a few years ago. Uh, certainly, uh, all the oil and gas presence we have. It's mm-hmm. it's it's impressive that the CEOs see what what we're doing here. And mm-hmm. and a lot of us watch you know the the national news networks every day. We're not as focused on what Texas is doing as a model to stand out from the rest of the country. And Mm -hmm. businesses across the country are noticing it because Mm -hmm. we were designed by the national founders at the federal level to compete state to state and be innovative Mm -hmm. and incubators of thought. And uh, there are many, many differences. So if a business wants to choose Texas over Colorado, New York, Florida, California, there's a reason why. Mm-hmm. In that quality of life, it's not just um, it, it's not just our weather because, as we mentioned, we have very <laughs> brutal hot summer months. There must be something else going on. Maybe yeah. so, yeah, maybe yeah. so, and yeah. not by accident.
0: Yeah, that's right, yeah. that's right. Uh, so switching gears to transportation because yeah. that's a yeah. huge uh, uh, you know need for the area with yeah. so many people moving in. And what are we doing on that front to help to handle that growth and maintain
1: the ability to get goods and people from point to point? Yes, because with supply chain issues, we need our ports moving, you know, mm-hmm. efficiently. We have big trucking issues uh, getting uh, in and around the Houston region with not, mm-hmm. without clogging our major corridors for, for you know, everyday uh, commuters mm-hmm. to get to work and get to school and on and on. Uh, so all the above. Uh, mm-hmm. I, cha- I chair a select committee in the Senate on our port entities. Yeah. Our port entities work together with uh the transportation committee to make sure the improvements on I45 are moving along uh that we have uh that we're lo- working with state and local I mean with local officials at the county level on mm-hmm. like the county mobility plan because yeah. it will be uh amended and changing and evolving mm-hmm. as we uh, continue to see incredible population expansion here mm-hmm. so uh, with our ports wide open and working efficiently, we're working on rerouting um, uh, the, the, the trucking routes around the Houston area. We're making some adjustments on rail to get the goods that you you mentioned off the ships and to the shelves, but, mm-hmm. but uh, away from our major freeway corridors. Mm-hmm. And um, well, that's a huge deal because yeah. you, you literally can't. Keep up with the
0: pace. You can't put enough concrete on the ground to handle every single car and truck that wants to get on the
1: roads. We really can't. Uh, it's impossible to. Uh, we could, you know, you know, build multiple upper decks, um, go wider and wider on uh, the. Oh, look at I thirty five in Austin. Yes. You know, it's double decker, and, and they and that's a great example because mm-hmm. Austin has uh, based on. Environmental decisions are just extreme caution, whatever you, however you want to say it. Yeah. They have really hurt themselves on on their ability to expand with mobility, mm-hmm. and that is something that companies are looking at. Uh, they they might avoid the city of mm-hmm. Austin, but end up on the outskirts. Uh, because of of the mobility issues in, in in the city, or or even we've seen uh, we've all heard uh,
0: the term Silicon Valley, uh, referencing in, in California, but yes. people are starting to talk about the Houston region being uh, Silicon Bayou. Yeah, and and that's another great growth opportunity for us as we do energy transition. As we uh, we've got NASA here, we've got the medical center, we've got all these technology centered industries that we're becoming our own innovation hub.
1: We are, and that's going to continue to happen. I mean, the Houston region is uh, revered all over the world mm-hmm. for its e- economic output. Uh, all the things that we talk about uh, with regard to the Texas gross domestic product, you look at how the Houston region factors into that is mm-hmm. just tremendous. And so skilled software engineers, uh, the tech front, oil and gas, real estate, healthcare, mm-hmm. construction. Uh, all, and all, the higher ed is doing their part to get those people certified as well. So. Yes, yes. On the higher ed... It's funny yes, how it's just this big puzzle. It, it all fits together. It, it all fits together. And that's one of the coolest things about the legislative session in Austin yeah. is we, we, we have committees separated by jurisdiction, mm-hmm. but the way all of this fits together and what we see as the end product at the end of the session is really fascinating mm-hmm. uh, with, with that synergy. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the higher ed front, as you mentioned... It it is um it is again it's our workforce committee. So CEOs will come to the Capitol and say, look, we're not getting A, B, and C out of new graduates in mm-hmm. your universities, tier one universities. Mm-hmm. So we need to make these adjustments in curriculum here, here, and here. Um or um, you know, we will look at other states. I mean, they're very direct about it. They so, <laughs> don't have a lot of time to mess around. No, no. And we make those adjustments and, and, uh, and make those investments. And, uh, you know, you'll have Elon Musk saying, you know, uh, college isn't for everyone. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, we have Google now, so mm-hmm. you can learn all that online. Hmm. Um, yeah. You know, for, you know, genius rocket scientists that create uh, an automobile Electric maybe, automobile maybe so. manufacturing <laughs> effort that's never been done before. Of course, yeah. uh, uh, Google's your deal, mm-hmm. but uh, it's without a doubt doubt we're seeing wage gaps, mm-hmm. and we're seeing the need uh, over the next uh, 25 years that uh, you know uh, for a job in Texas that pays over 65 thousand dollars a year. You may not just need a college degree; you may need a graduate uh, degree yeah. uh, beyond that. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those upper-level jobs mm-hmm. that, uh, that that um, you know that people are seeking and, and searching for, and that drive the economy, and mm-hmm. so it's up to the universities to to evolve and change. It's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. I was a pipe fitter at a chemical plant. Uh, but that was um, a skill that I developed that can never be taken away from me yeah. but but it wasn 't a fork in the road for me. it was a road. Mm-hmm. I was doing that as well as taking classes as I could afford them yeah. Yeah.
0: and it is interesting that you know we we need uh, uh manufacturing and service industry workers, we need truck drivers, we need all those, and those can be uh, highly skilled well paying positions. But again, it takes that puzzle, that fabric mm-hmm. of uh, of different skill sets to, to make it work.
1: It, it does. Uh, a lot of what we did this session will credential prior work experience faster. Mm-hmm. That credentialing will Even help. military experience. Very much so. Yeah. It's tied to military. It's mm-hmm. a great example. Uh, that credentialing, along with reskilling and upskilling, mm-hmm. so teaching people uh, how to be more efficient with the skills that they have and then helping them elevate their skill set That is key to the workforce. That's why we have seen part of the workforce take a step back. Mm -hmm. And we're answering uh, those challenges quickly on not a 10-year plan, but a five- or six-month plan Mm -hmm. that will change lives. Wow. Yeah.
0: Uh, Another issue that uh, is a priority for for our area is is water, Mm -hmm. uh, as it is all across the state. In fact, you you mentioned Senator Nichols earlier, and he said that uh, the headlines in 1900 are no different than the headlines in 2022, where uh, it's about taxes and water. Uh, You know, people used to get in big fights about waters and access to rivers and how do they uh, water their cattle uh so some things never change yeah. but again it's all related to this growth you know all these issues we have transportation higher education water yeah. more people are moving in there's more draw on our natural resources so how how can we prepare and make sure we've got enough water for the next, you know, fifty hundred years?
1: You know, Senator Nichols was right about those headlines on yeah. water and uh and, and taxes you mentioned. Uh they yeah. also said a hundred years ago that that whiskey's for drinking and water's for fighting. That is right. So we see in the legislature, even though we may have seven thousand bills filed, we see um that very few of those bills are actually what I would call partisan bills. Mm -hmm. Uh, There might be, out of 7,000 bills filed in in, in what we hear in the Senate, there might be less than 50 bills that don't have both parties voting on those bills. Mm -hmm. Here's my segue. When you get to a conversation about water, Mm -hmm. then you're into regional discussions and issues and the competition of the different regions around the state and who can accomplish uh, the most in that legislative session with, again, a set number of dollars, mm-hmm. right? Because we don't have a treasury where we just throw another trillion at it, prop the economy up to, to put it in jeopardy of of failing later. Yeah. We, we, we actually are very good fiscal stewards. Mm-hmm. That water conversation is tough. And here in Montgomery County, it's like a law school bar exam. I mean, <laughs> we have cities, we have townships, we have yeah. MUDs. Yeah. We have uh, developers, we have environmentalists, we have industrial, we have 4,000 Farm Bureau members.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: all of them have a diff- different opinion on what our groundwater district and our river authority ought to be doing to make sure exactly. long-term water supply is there. We have an exceptional statewide water plan. Uh, we have uh, desired future conditions that we're establishing for goals, they're, they're, mm-hmm. those are the the big audacious goals that a business would set, but the state is setting it for water planning. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of things on the horizon for water and infrastructure that other states are are modeling. Mm -hmm. So we're doing a very good job on it, but uh, right here in some of our thirstiest regions like where we live, uh, we have to be always on guard. West Texas wants East Texas water. Yes, they do. East Texas will just say, West Texas, you're welcome to move to East Texas. Uh-huh. Uh, we have a lot of oil and gas exploration and economic uh, issues that require a tremendous amount of water, whether yeah. it be oil and gas or our, our new energy plant out mm-hmm. here on Lewis That's Reservoir. Right. Um, we're, we're in a good position. We're either in a drought or in a flood in Texas, and we're working All the on time. planning for both. And water doesn't, uh, you know,
0: respect uh, county boundaries, no. and these regional partnerships and, and a statewide
1: look at it are really important to just sort of get us all on the same page and help lead us through it. It's very true, and yeah. uh, you know, we'll be back uh, with the chamber to give some some updates yeah. on uh, critical infrastructure, water, and mm-hmm. transportation. We're reinvesting in dams and bridges and uh, uh, some some infrastructure that is has become, uh, you know, outdated over time and mm-hmm. I, I think that regardless of the federal programs that we hear a lot of times are for political favor, Texas is really investing in those things with our state tax dollars and and uh, again, we're having other states model what we're doing. So, mm-hmm. we're, I think we're on the right track. Kind of taking a business approach to the legislative activity. Yes, a- absolutely. and. Um, and again, it works. I mean, we we don't mm-hmm. we have center aisles in the House of Representatives and in the State Senate, but we don't divide those aisles by party. I mean, we're working together on a lot of those issues, mm-hmm. and and especially on on, uh, on on critical infrastructure. And I think you'll see, for instance, the the Lake Houston Dam replaced uh, over the next few years, and that is key because. Again, just like uh, when you have short-sighted uh, electric grid uh, results, when constantly the the policy is keep the bills low, yeah, uh, you'll mm-hmm. have lakes designed in the 1950s to mm-hmm. keep water in with uh, minimum dam design standards, mm-hmm. but it, the 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 thought wasn't there to let water out and mm-hmm. quickly. So, and that's it, the bottom of the bathtub. We've that got is. A, it. Just backs up into. North Harris County and Montgomery County. If we can't get it down to the Gulf, it does. It yeah. it really does. We have the infrastructure at the Lake Conroe Dam to let water out quickly, but oh. Lake Houston does not. And so, as you mentioned, it's the it's the as as it as downstream occurs mm-hmm. onto the Kingwood Lake Houston area. Yeah, all the watersheds it, seem to flow into. Lake Houston. Yes, Lake Creek, the San Jacinto River, and Spring Creek all converge right at 59, right at the beginning of the Kingwood communities, and and all of that, um, you know, natural sheet flow is going into the Lake Houston Reservoir, which is Houston's drinking water, Mm -hmm. and it was designed to keep water, not to let it out fast. Mm -hmm. So, those are design changes and infrastructure changes that we're way behind on, but. But a Harvey will, you know, will bring results like mm-hmm. that and a key focus because, um, other, uh, but for a Harvey, we would be spending billions of dollars on property tax relief. If we don't spend billions of dollars on property tax relief and we spend it on flood infrastructure when it hasn't flooded, the public will be very upset with They'll you wonder, as, what a, are we doing? as an elected official, yep. right? Where are your priorities? All of a sudden, there's a big rain in a big flood and the yeah. the shift goes to yeah. that yeah. and that that's why our sessions are always different mm-hmm. yeah yeah well before we wrap up is there anything else you'd like to mention we've gone over a ton of stuff so yeah no i i think we're you know we're leading the nation on election integrity and election reform we've mm-hmm. got a really good plan with our new team that is managing the electric grid they've implemented a 60 point plan that will be rolled out uh, over the next few months. And mm-hmm. uh, the winterization has already been implemented. So these cold days that we're going to have over the next mm-hmm. uh, few weeks, uh, we're ready and prepared for those. Um, uh, property taxes, we've, we've bought down school property taxes another four cents mm-hmm. on everyone's tax bill coming up for this year. So I think we're seeing uh, property taxes go in the right direction there. Um, for yeah, help- We don't want to tax property tax someone out of their home. No, no, we don't. Yeah. We don't want a state income tax, but yeah. without one, we're relying too heavily on property taxes. Yeah. A true sales tax only consumption tax would be about a 23 or a 24% tax. Yeah. And that creates some venue shopping issues mm-hmm. that might mm-hmm. hurt businesses. So I'm for the consumption tax, but mm-hmm. we have some work to do on on those, on those numbers. Once again, it's about a balance. It is always, but yeah. But Texas is strong, the economy is recovering, uh, we're showing the rest of the country you know, how to do it, and it's because of our good folks here in Montgomery County that uh, express their views through our voices in the legislature, and so thanks for having me on. Well, I appreciate you yeah. and the time that you've
0: spent uh, in Austin, often in committee meetings at 2, 3 a.m. in the morning, that it's when the legislature's in session, it's a 24-7 deal. It it's is. not you go in at 9 o'clock and get done at 5 and go back in the next day. If you've got witnesses on,
1: that are coming in to testify, you just keep going. We do. We we let everyone have their say. Washington, D.C. doesn't allow uh, public testimony by an individual uh, or their family uh, anymore unless they're invited. In Austin, we give everyone their say in committee yeah. no matter how long it takes. So there's many all-nighters. And yeah. that's why uh, with extended sessions, we have 25 retirements in the House and seven in the Senate that's right. this election cycle because it's exhausting. But
0: And it's a part-time job. You've got a full-time job on the outside. You that, do. To pay your mortgage
1: You do, and your property taxes. Exactly. That's you've got to do that $7,200 a year in pay is, is, (laughs) uh, is not enough. You know, we have to keep our private sector work and that's by design as well. That way we truly are um, feeling the, the wrath of our decisions instead Mm -hmm. of just being paid a big salary like the DC guys are when they sometimes might lose touch with the Mm -hmm. effect of their decisions. Well,
0: thank you for the time and, uh, the dedication that you have to Montgomery County, and we're sorry that uh, you lost a few pieces, but yeah. uh, we've got good friends coming in that you know, and uh, we'll we'll create good relationships with them. So that's right. right.
1: Well, the woodlands to uh, almost to the Louisiana border is enough territory for me to cover, yeah. and I'm proud of that. I've got most of the Houston Ship Channel and part of Galveston. Uh, we've got a really just incredible district here, yeah. and. I'm thankful for the chamber, what you do you. each day and your members and your involvement and your uh, participation and just paying close attention to what's going on in Austin. That is driving the success of Texas, so keep it up. Uh, anything we do to help, we, yeah. we will do. Yeah. So,
0: thank you. Thank you again, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Between the Trees. we would like to thank our sponsor, Woodlands Online, for helping us with the program every single week and hope you have a good rest of the day and stay warm.